You chose the wrong friends. This time it will cost you. Too bad the Jovitos don't know you the way I do, Belloc. Yes, too bad. You could warn them. If only you spoke Jovitos. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. 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 <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Greg's a little under the weather. I'm a little under the weather. It's been a big week. But you had the test. I had the COVID test. It's negative. It's negative. Which is positive. <laughs> We've just lost a few listeners. <laughs> if you're still listening, thank you. Yeah, the true friends of the show. Yeah. Um, man, it's a, it's a Friday night again. We're doing a Friday pod. Quite late on a Friday. It is quite late. Not going to lie, later than I would like. Yeah. But that is life. That's show business, baby. I'm drinking a black coffee. Yeah, that's unusual. It's nine o'clock. I've got to bring energy. I'm sleepy. But that won't kick in for like an hour. Yeah, when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Touche. It doesn't make sense. Um, speaking of sense, mm-hmm. um, we're doing Indiana Jones. Yeah, good Greg way there. And the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Correct. A-R-K. Actually, it was just Raiders of the Lost Ark when it first came out. Oh, was it? Then they added the Indiana Jones and the yeah, when it became like a franchise. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. So he, in essence, is a raider. Yeah, because if you look at the OG poster, how you typically imagine the words Indiana Jones, it says raiders. Hmm. Imagine if the franchise was called Raiders. Like maybe the sequel would have been Raiders of the Temple of Doom. Well, they do kind of raid that temple. Yeah. And they steal the stones. Because Star Wars didn't, they got their names changed but not. Are they a new By hope? the same convention. It wasn't Luke Skywalker and the New Hope. Or Han Solo. Mm. Um, so that's the movie we're doing. 1981 is the year that came out. It predates both of us, Tristan. It does. By some years. Yeah. Predates. <laughs> predates quite a few of the movies we've covered. It's a new year for us. Is it a new year for us? It's 100% a new year for us. So I'm very excited for you to crack open the 1981. New Year, new time us. Capsule. Yeah, new year, new us. As they say. Well, I have put on 10 kilos this year. That's where you get that. <laughs> Friends of the show, I've put on 10 kilos. So I had, I had a rude awakening this week. I went back to the gym and I weighed myself and I was like, 10 Ooh, COVID oh kilos. <laughs> That's, I'm not even That's upset. That's legit, man. It's, it's almost impressive. Bulking. Um, bulking in all the wrong places. So I'm, I'm, I'm on my summer shred and by 2022 I'm, I might be, be even back to where I started. You can only hope. You can only hope and, and try. new hope and raid the gym or something. But Greg, open, open it up. Open the time capsule for us. Oh, I, I shall. So 81, um, predating us both. Look, you might think 81's a long time ago and you'd be right. And you mightn't think that our um, little uh, nostalgia bubble today would not be about technology. <laughs> but it is, Tristan, mm. it is about that in a way. It's about video games. Ah, video games. Video game noise. Um, <laughs> so what you may not have thought, mm. which is fine, it's fine. Okay. Um, it was a big year for video games. Oh, it was. So we had Galaga, 
Ooh. You know, the little sit-downy shooty, 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 shoot the little alien machines there? Yeah. Often seen in milk bars, often seen That's in… like Space Invaders, it? right? It's similar. Basically Space Invaders. Yeah. Frogger. Oh, yeah. Frogger. Yeah, you know, that had some cultural permeation, permutation in later years. Made it a resurgence Seinfeld. in the Seinfelds, yeah. Of course. Um, but probably most notably um, we were introduced to Donkey Kong and, of course, Mario. Ah, at that point known as Jumpman. Jumpman, Jumpman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making Tristan put in a lot of clips tonight. <laughs> when I pause and do that, it means I want to clip He there. points to the ceiling. Well, that'll come up in the recording, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, so, of course, lovable Mario. Now, constraints, um, as you, if you're a good friend of the show, you will know, mm. we appreciate a good constraint. Love it. Yes, the constraints of graphic and, you know, what you could do with visuals back then are mm. uh, the reasons why our lovable Mario looks the way he does. Yes. Today. Can't get into the detail on his face, give him a moustache to cover his exactly. face. Exactly. Can't get into the detail on his hair, put a bright red hat on. A hat on him. That's how I draw things too. Can't draw feet, he is wearing boots. <laughs> Can't draw hands, yeah, they're behind his back. He's got mitt- oh, constraint. Oh, oh mittens. mittens, see, again, creativity abounds. Big time. <laughs> Now, I will delve a little further, if you would indulge. Oh, yeah. Into a little company called Nintendo. Heard of them. obviously brought us, said Mario, and they his moustache. Mm. Now, people might say, yeah, Greg, we know these facts. And I'll say, okay, mate, l- relax, skip forward mm. or turn us off. Don't turn us off. Don't turn us off. <laughs> um, but there's some stuff in here, little fast, fast facts yeah, about fast Nintendo. Facts. All right, hit me. Actually founded back in what? What year? Guess. Have a stab. 1903. <laughs> Pretty good guess though, I will say. I've uh, read this stuff in the past at yeah, some point. Right? Yeah, yeah. 1889. <laughs> yeah. And they did, uh, I think they were, they had cards. The cards, yeah. Playing yeah. cards. Yeah. Really avant-garde. Um, so they peddled everything over the years, love testers, vacuums, taxis, before realising that their card playing distribution network was the perfect platform to expand more on toys and games. I like to imagine that taxis were little Mario Karts. <laughs> One could only hope. Yeah. Uh, until along came a guy called Shigeru Miyamoto. Miyamoto, yeah, he's the man. He's the man. Zelda. Zelda. So this, yeah, so this guy basically. He's he, a genius. He was an industrial design student, really wanted to make manga, but he was sort of struggling to get in on that. And his dad basically got him a, uh, an interview with the president of the company, Roshi Yamachi. Yeah. Um, and this kid from Kyoto basically went on to become their number one design guy, brought us Mario, brought us Zelda. Yeah. He's a He's mouse. a beautiful soul, man. You see him interviewed, he's just like having a giggle. He's a child at heart. Yeah. Beautiful soul. Oh, man. Apparently they didn't create the power glove. Apparently they, I don't know what the exact story really? is. That. If you do know, ping us. Yeah. But there's, apparently they didn't. Do you remember when the power glove came out? I only remember from that movie Wizard. Oh, we have, we have to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm keen. So maybe we'll zip it on the... Another Fred Savage joint. I'm into that. Was it? Yeah. I remember I remember it. Well, that was a big deal. I look forward. Let's, let's can it there because I want to okay. talk about that when we, yep. when we do it. Mm. That's 81, baby. What a year. Hey, 1981 was a big year for Nintendo. Yeah. Big year for entertainment overall, I'd say, because it's a big fucking year for movies. Was it? Sort of. Um, It's a new year for us. I'll go through the full top ten. It's it's having done a lot of nineties pictures lately, and you kind of it's an interesting contrast. You kind of see the shift. You kind of understand why this movie 
was so big for its time and when yeah. movies like Star Wars just a few years earlier were so big for their time because you read through the top ten and yeah. there's things you've heard of, there's things you may not have heard of, but there's things that these days would probably be a Netflix movie. So number ten, The Cannonball Run. Oh, yeah. Number nine, Chariots of Fire. An American Werewolf in London. Ooh. Fort Apache, The Bronx. Mm-hmm. Arthur. Stripes. Oh. Uh, the Golden Pond. Superman 2. On, on, golden, on Golden Pond. Yeah. Superman 2. For Your Eyes Only. Oh, I love that. Is that James Bond? Yeah, that's one of my favourites. Is that? Roger Moore. Roger Moore. And the Greek Girl. For Your Eyes Only, darling. Hey, you'll notice that I was, as I was reading through the top ten, I only read out nine. That's because I didn't read out the number one movie of that year. Yeah. A little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, yeah, so Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in June 1981. Budget of $20 million. Wow. Gross of $389.9 million in wow. 1981, mind you. So that's, in, inflation, that's, I assume, trillions of dollars. Yeah, that's, um, that's big time. It's big time. Run Tomatoes scores, critic score of 95%, audience score of 96%. They don't say it very often. And it's nice to see. And I it can is. see why. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But was this a big picture for you growing up, Greg? Um, not massive. I mean, Indiana Jones was big. Yeah. But I think the first one I saw was Temple of Doom. Yeah. It's the first one I remember. Yeah. And I definitely liked, as a kid, I liked Temple of Doom more. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it was, It was. I don't know what it was. I think this one I, from memory I, I liked, but it was a bit older or something. I don't know. It wasn't as big as Temple of Doom was. I think sometimes it's like the one that comes out when you're the right age. But Temple of Doom wasn't that much later, was it? I don't know. Yeah. I was a bit older. Yeah. But you were um, born. <laughs> you were alive. But I was I was alive. <laughs> but I was mad into it later. Yeah. So I loved The Last Crusade as well. And then you know, it was probably like even into my twenties when I realized that this was like the shit. We talked about it with um Beverly Hills Cop, right? The, uh-huh. the first one, I, I think I watched the third one first because it was came mm. out at the right time. Yeah. And I thought it was great. And I thought the first one looked too old and shit. Yeah. And then eventually I was like, oh, no way, that's the good one. Yeah, two's pretty good. Yeah, two's pretty good too. But, yeah. That, but, yes, yeah, same principle. And even similar with Back to the Future, I was I thought two was the – I mean, two's still awesome too, but in my head when I think of Back to the Future, I think of Hoverboard and whatever the fuck. Mm. But then when Roads. we – Yeah, where we're going – Oh, did I tell you about my Ikea joke? Go on. We're going to Ikea Tempe. The other Ikea is at Rhodes. It's a suburb called Rhodes. Uh-huh. So I was like, ask me, I couldn't, well, how did it construct? I was basically saying, where are we going? We don't need roads. That's good. Because we're going to Tempe. <laughs> <laughs> I get right. it. I get it. I like it. I, uh, should I explain it more though? I, I could explain it a bit more. How much did you explain it to Ara to try and get a little nod of appreciation? Uh, the whole it? trip to Tempe. <laughs> she was driving, so I was, <laughs> I was writing formulas on the glass with my little Posca pen. Ah, good. Um, and what about you? What about me? Probably similar to Back to the Future where it wasn't like it was just omnipresent. It was there. Like love it. but I Like love it. Love it. Love it. He would have been good as Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's not the, yes, it's the mileage. <laughs> the 
That's a, that's a line. <laughs> I, couldn't, I know. I couldn't, I couldn't think of one line at that point. <laughs> Not one. Uh, anyway. Whiskey. <laughs> well, that's the thing with this this movie and this <laughs> franchise is I don't have lines and things. You know, a lot of other movies we do, like it's there, but I'm I'm not. I wasn't obsessed with Indiana Jones, and I had them all confused. We'll get into that in the yeah, rewatch a little right. bit. Okay, but I couldn't. I can't. I, they're all muddled up in my head. It's all one thing. So you you won't you don't walk around going you could warn them if only you spoke ovitos. <laughs> I don't say that. No. Yeah, I feel like I don't have like catchphrases and things. No, I wrote that. I had to read that. <laughs> Um, Makana matutu. But <laughs> there you go. It means no worries. <laughs> it means no worries. <laughs> That's kind of saying no worries because he's he's showing them the amulet. Yeah. No worries. Ah, oh, got it. I hey got guys. a bag, guys. Guys, guys, guys. Relax. Guys. No worries. Makuna matata. Makana matutu. But it, it was big to me and I did the character I loved I remember I wanted to be an archaeologist at one point and it, this was like a little yep. memory chamber that unlocked. I remember being at like a family friend's house or an extended fa- I don't remember. I think it might have been like someone on my stepmother's side, so a few steps removed that I don't really know. And I think some older lady said to me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, an archaeologist. She said, but everything's already been found. Look at this like a Truman Show moment. Wow. Wow. It was like that. I was like, what yeah. a horrible thing to say to a kid. <laughs> yeah. That's something to dig for. Depressing. Yeah. Yeah, so that was weird. <laughs> want to be an astronaut. You want to be an astronaut. <laughs> I don't know why I talk like that now. It's just this new character that comes out. <laughs> I like it. Wasn't that your impression it was, of it Carol? It was Carol, <laughs> yeah. but I've broadened it <laughs> to save my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Should I get into the origin story? I think you should. Origin story. So this is one of those movies, a bit like when we're doing Back to the Future, where it's been pretty well covered. I think people uh-huh. are relatively familiar with the goings on in this movie, the little Easter eggsies, the little behind the scenes things. Probably more so than us. Potentially more so than us. But hear us out. And I think I always knew, I think probably a lot of people know broadly what happened. I count myself as one of those people, but in doing the researches this week, there's a few dots connecting and I didn't know where they are, which is quite interesting. I always knew this was a George Lucas and Spielberg thing. Well, I get confused between those guys somewhat. Really? Because I know they're both kind of guys that make the big movies there with the the lasers, well, lightsabers, uh, well, or the dun, 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 well, Spielberg's got a bit more range. John Williamson's involved. Hey, Drew Blue. <laughs> John Williams. Yeah, John Williams. It's John Williamson's brother. Yeah. That's how naming conventions work in music Correct. Biz. So, yeah, sorry. I digress, but I just get a little confused with these guys. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting point, which I was going to get onto later, but I'll just throw it out there now, real quick, is that I feel like they're. they're they started at a very similar place, got yeah. a very different trajectory. It's like I feel like George Lucas is treated like a joke these days, which I feel is unfair because I'm not a Star Wars guy, which is another little topic I want to get into with you. But the latest ones are real stinkers. Well, one of them was all right, second one, which is the one most people hate, I think, the Star Wars fansies. But 
And I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm like half on a soapbox here, but it's something I don't care about that much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, then, then, you know, that was all right. No, no, but my point is he got like really kind of, the, the people disrespecting him. Like he really fucked up those prequels. We're going to get him out of here and we're going to make a new batch of sequels and he's not going to be involved and he's going to be so good. Oh. And they're boring as batshit. They're just like, man, like member berry porn. Yeah. At least at least with the prequels it was trying to do something. Right. There was something there. There was an attempt. Maybe it was a bit shit, but there was an attempt. And I respect. You respect the I attempt respect the swing and a miss. Jim Jam Bonks. Oh, yeah, Jim Jam Bonks. <laughs> miss him, no some. Jim Jam Bonks. Jim Jam Bonks. <laughs> Did Bruce tell you that one? Is it a Jim Jam Bonks? <laughs> Jim Jam Binks? What is it? It's Tim. <laughs> it's Jim Jam Binks, isn't it? I think Jim Jam Box is his evil twin brother. <laughs> What's it called? Jar Jar Binks. Jim Jam Bonks is his warrior. Yeah. It's from The Simpsons. <laughs> it's from The Simpsons. Oh, you know when they, when they watch the new one and they go, he's introduced these new characters, Jim Jam Bonks. <laughs> oh, really? And then they go and see him at... Oh, I forget. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I have, I apologise to the Star Wars community, friends of the show. Yeah, apologies. I may offend a few Star Wars fans. Oh, but I respect Star Wars. We'll get into it. I'll go more on that later. But interestingly, the two franchises we're talking about there were more connected than I thought. So both uh, were conceived by George Lucas around the same time in the mm. old 70s. Both of them based on the, the serials of the 1930s and 40s. Um, so obviously one taking sort of the sci-fi aesthetic space opera and the other taking the man with the whip. A man he named Indiana Smith. Yeah, it doesn't have the same punch to it, No does it? way. And they're even more connected than that, Greg, because Indiana was the name of his dog. Yeah. He, that's where he got the name. But also that same dog was the inspiration for Chewbacca. <laughs> Yeah, because it's a chewy. I can't do that. I can't. Do that was all right, but um, because he used to ride it in the car with him in like co-pilot seat, and that was oh, the nice. inspo for Chewbacca. I think it was a big dog of some type. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it would be interesting to take a look at some of these serials from the period. Oh, nice. Now there's a whole bunch of them. I don't think there's any one singular that is like the Indiana Jones inspo. There's a whole collection. There, there is one um, Charlton Heston movie called Secret of the Incas, which oh, yeah. I won't play the clip because it doesn't really do anything, but visually I'll put it on the grab. He's dressed exactly like Indiana Jones. Oh, really? Like that's pretty close to bloody Indiana Jones. But this one, I've got a trailer here for a film called The Naked Jungle, which gives you a bit of a vibe of like where this kind of inspo came from. Far up the uncharted wilds of the ominous Rio Negra, a two-fisted roughneck named Leningen tamed a savage empire with his bare hands. But not even Leningen could tame Joanna, the lady from New Orleans he bought as a mail-order bride. You're quite a woman. You're right. For only a woman like this could stand beside him in the shadow of disaster, the unknown menace that turned the naked jungle into a graveyard of silence. Nothing there. You get the idea. But I think maybe there's some more visual stuff there, but this he's exploring and is like, you know... Yeah, foreign lands and such. He's in foreign lands, like in the mission. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, he was like, okay, this is a great idea. Let's get this thing moving. 
And he, he starts working with a friend of his, a director by the name of Philip Kaufman. Kaufman? Kaufman. Um, he directed Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Wanderers, The Right Stuff. Is that ad- adaptation? No, that's Charlie Kaufman. Wrong Kaufman. Wrong Kaufman. What about Chasing Kaufman? Not Chasing Kaufman. It's also not Andy Kaufman. Is that a popular name? I think it is. No, I don't know any It seems Kaufmans. to be in Hollywood. I thought Maybe it's a stage name thing. If I become a Hollywood director, I'll Tristan Kaufman. I don't mind it. Yeah. Anyway, he helped crack the idea of the Ark of the Covenant being the thing, being the, being the old MacGuffin. I wonder what got workshopped in that conversation. Oh, I've got the transcripts. Do you have, have you heard about that? No, I just thought you might. <laughs> There's like, so the, there were tapes. They were recording their brainstorm. With Spielberg, we'll get to it. And Ooh. there's some, in- I didn't go through all of it. It's really, really long, but there's some interesting little nuggets. Anyway, they, they're, they're making progress. This is still just, this is still just George Lucas and, um, and Philip Kaufman at this point. He gets hired to direct another movie with Clint Eastwood. And so he's kind of, ah, loses he's momentum. What was the movie? Do you know? Um, I can't remember. Paint my wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, George Lucas was like, ah, oh, well, no biggie. I've got this other thing, Star Wars. I'm going to go all in on that. Becomes the biggest fucking thing ever, obviously. People love a Star War. Um, but in the meantime, uh-huh. another young director in, in parallel basically blowing up in a similar trajectory um, by the name of Steven Spielberg. And yeah. these guys went way back. They were buddies because all it can be traced, I believe, all the way back to... Francis Ford Coppola's house oh, yeah? back in 1971. Good year. When he was screening um, Spielberg's debut. Jaws. Duel. Oh, almost close. <laughs> Duel. So they're old mates. In the meantime, Spielberg's blown up himself. He's massive. But he was ready to do something different. Yeah. Something a bit more pulpy, something a bit more B-movie-esque, something a bit more... Worldly, see the world, something a little James Bond esque, perhaps. Mm. I had been looking for action adventure. I had been looking to do something that would take me globe trotting. And that was one of the things I told George Lucas when I spent time with him in Hawaii in 77, which was I really want to make a globe trotting movie like James Bond. So I, I had that in my appetite. It was on my sort of horizon that by hook or by crook, I would somehow make a kind of international movie involving action and chases and big set pieces and a fantastic John Williams score. I just didn't quite know, you know, I had the template. I didn't quite have the the carrier pigeon. So this is where these two paths start to converge. I didn't have the carrier pigeon? Is yeah. A- I don't think he nailed that analogy. I, I had the template. I didn't have the carrier pigeon. I feel like he didn't have the vessel? No. I don't know. He said he had the vessel. But that year, I think they were on a little bro holiday in, in Hawaii. Hawaii. And Spielberg shared this little pipe dream of his. Should I do a James Bond? Should I do something like that? They're on holiday. This is their downtime, by the way. Yeah. They're Lucky two, wives. Two Miltons on the beach <laughs> drinking. Excuse me. I, that's for the thought in my... I'd like to make a, a film about a James Bond. <laughs> Mr. Lucas, George says, say no more. I've got the perfect picture for you. Forget about Bond. Forget about Bond. You're going to make Indiana Smith. 
And Spielberg says that's the worst name, worst name I ever. That's the worst name I ever heard. That's the worst name ever. Hey, Joey, Joe, Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, "What about Indiana Smith?" He says, "Okay." No, Indiana Jones. He says, "Okay." Is that how it went? Yeah, he's no. Fire off another it, surname. Basically, he's like, "Well, what about Indiana Jones?" That'll work. You got yourself a deal. Apparently, Smith is like the number one common last name in America, and Jones is number two. Yeah, right. So I think they just wanted like Americana name. Okay. Um, and yeah, and similarly Spielberg was massive on these classic cheaply made film serials also. Yeah, okay. Um, and apparently he's, he used to watch, when he was a kid his parents would just drop him off at the cinema and he'd just sit there all day watching the full rotation of movies for that day, which apparently was a thing he could do then. And so there'll be a mix of everything. But sandwiched in there are these B movies. Sounds like my childhood except we did it in the house. Yeah, it kind of. You see, this idea of like this B-movie aesthetic was something they were both really, really into, something that he really, really carried through the entire bloody thing. Like he wanted to make it quite scrappy. He didn't do 40 takes. He's just like quick takes, let's keep moving. He finished the movie under time. His past three movies went over budget, over the scheduled Interesting. time. This was under budget and under time. That surprises me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard to gauge too because obviously the special effects in this we'll get to, but they're all practical effects. Some of them hold up better than others, but mm-hmm. they're all charming and they all add to the aesthetic. But I wonder, melty face. Yeah, that's good. But I wonder what to what extent, like maybe at the time they were not considered Shit. realistic. Or I don't know. We'll come back to that. Um, then Mr. Frank Marshall comes on as producer. Now we know him from the Congo episode. He was the director, of course. Um, friend of the show, he's the guy I met, remember I was telling that story? Met him in Hollywood. Ah. Had a meeting with him. The L'Oreal people. Nah. Different one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the Eva Longoria story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was also a founding member of Amblin with Spielberg. Ah. Years later, this is this is before that. But um, then also Lawrence Kasdan came on as screenwriter. Um, he was co-writer of Vampire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, um, The Big Chill, Accidental Tourist. He was involved in the newer Star Wars as well. Okay. Um, so he's a bit of a big dog. So he came on as screenwriter. So the two of them kind of completed the dream team. But, hey, how about this? Initially, the studios were rejecting it. Like I don't know, I don't know about this. What were they? What were they? What was the feedback? I don't know. Everyone's scared of a new idea, aren't they? Oh, they they love a a confirmed hit. Yeah, they rushed. They you know, if they were a, a junior soccer team, then you'd watch them oh, chase running the around, ball, chase the ball. Yeah, you know? play your position, you yeah. fool. Yeah. Well, someone finally did. Friend of the show, Paramount Pictures, got on board. We love Paramount. We do. And five script drafts later. Uh-huh. They're off to the races, ready to cast. And this is another, I don't think I'm blowing any minds here. I know this is a pretty well-known thing. We've got a bit of a Eric Stoltz back to the future situation here. Big time. A little man named Tom Selleck. I don't know if you would call him a little man. He's a big man. He's pure man. He's the blueprint. He is the blueprint. He's the blueprint of man. Yes. Which, um, you know, for obvious reasons, he was cast. He was actually cast as Indiana Jones. And we covered this in the Three Men and a Baby episode. He couldn't do it because of Magnum P.I. And, and him being the sweetheart he is has no regrets. Uh, yeah. We had a clip in there. I don't have it here, but he was like, he yeah, could I have walked away. That. He could have walked away from Magnum. He's like, wasn't brought up that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. When you start something, you see it through. I honor my deals. I'm not going to be that guy. 
What a legend. And by the way, Magnum PI was pretty awesome. Oh, so good. Well, I do have a clip of his screen test. Ooh. With um, Sean Young as Marion Ravenwood. Has he got his shirt off? No, unfortunately. Look, I did what I did. I don't expect you to be happy about it. But maybe it can do us both some good. Why start Just now? Just shut up. Shut up and listen to me. Now, I need that piece your father had. It doesn't even have the playful bit as much. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I mean, I would still be curious to see it, but it seems like maybe the right things happened. I believe so. Visually, though, when you look at some of these um, these serials and the artworks along with, like, he looks perfect. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think we ended up with the right. Yeah, the floor, Harrison's flaws. Yeah. And he's sort of quirks. And he's goofy. Yeah, that stuff makes That stuff that I didn't even notice as a kid really. That yeah. stuff that got me now and I'm like, oh, that's great. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Um, so it didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, and another yeah, another little precasty thrown in there, Sean Young, Marion Ravenwood, Deborah Winger was also in the mix. But then Mr. Harrison Ford was in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Now he's already Han Solo. Yep. And uh, George Lucas was a little bit like, hey, I, I don't want to be that. It's his, I don't want him to be my De Niro. Yeah. You should be so lucky. Uh, yeah. That, is that a bit of a Scorsese jab there? Yeah. It's like, please, that's more of a Scorsese thing. So he'd, he'd been Han Solo. George is yep. against it. And Spielberg wasn't even necessarily considering him yet. But then, you know, it, it happened. And he just simply had to have him. He fell in love with him. He did. He's only human. He is. And then I had just seen a cut of Empire Strikes Back and said to George, that's Indiana Jones right up there, Han Solo. Why can't he do it? And George said, no, 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 no. I got my hands full with Harrison just playing Han Solo. I don't want to, you know, he's, he's identified as Han Solo. Let's leave him as Han Solo. And I said, yeah, but he's an actor. Actors play hundreds of different characters in their lifetimes. I think he'd be a great Indiana Jones. And that's sort of how the whole process began with Harrison. And that's how the whole Process began with Harrison, is what they say. Um, to round out the cast, fascinating with a little, uh, with a little, uh, a few other little precasts thrown in the mix. Obviously, we landed on Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. We landed on Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood. We landed on Paul Freeman as Doctor Renee Belloc. Belloc. We landed on Ronald Lacey as Major Arnold Tot, the Gestapo man. Oh, he was great. But it was nearly Roman Polanski. Oh. Um, John Reese davies as Salah, the best digger in Egypt. Uh, a bit of white, good old-fashioned whitewashing there. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell. Was he supposed to? I couldn't tell. There, there were some other more blatant ones with the old, there was some yellow face and brown face in there, but I couldn't tell if he, what he was supposed to be nationality-wise. Salah, he's in Egypt. He's meant to be Egyptian. Oh, yeah, good point. The name, I didn't think about the name. But watching it, I kept thinking, like, is he just supposed to be an English guy in Egypt or is it, yeah. I mean, he had a lovely baritone. He's got a great voice. He's, he's the guy in Lord of the Rings, right? And, he's Gimli. And Sliders. He's in Sliders? I think he's in Sliders. I can't remember Sliders at all. But Danny DeVito was going to be him. So imagine that. Very different character. Yeah. Or similar. Just smaller. <laughs> Andy. Andy. Racking peanuts, daring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you know what else? Um, we're going off track a little bit. Mm. Uh, bear with me because I'll forget. Yeah. Gimli, Salah, man. Mm. You know he's got a good voice? Do you know sorry, do you know how you know he's got a good voice? Why? He's in gargoyles. Is he? 
Yeah. With our man. With Craig David. <laughs> Keith David. Keith David. Uh, we're going to start cataloging our favourite. Dis- well, for, he was a discovery for me. I wasn't I didn't, wasn't very aware of Keith David before this podcast. Yeah. Keith David, Willie Fickner. Yeah. And all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Oh, hang on. Keep going. Um, anyway, they get all these people together, fly them over to Tunisia. They all get sick except for Steven Spielberg, very total recall of them. Um, they, they, they fashioned took, them around in the sand there. Took his own food and water. Yeah, he took his own canned goods. They, they made him do the little things in front of the camera there and bish bash bosh, he got himself a movie rap party at the Viper Room. You. Let's play the trailer. Hit it. Heads up, it's a quite a boring trailer. Especially, well, it gets better, it picks up in the second half. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, it is there, Atanis. And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let her go. We have no time. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. trailers in 81 wasn't it that was more of an old timey trailer it was very low-key yeah for a movie there's non-stop action yeah that was it's interesting well greg for the um very small percentage of humans that haven't seen this movie you want to break down the plot there uh i mean it's indiana jones that's true so okay uh there's a guy he's super hot um <laughs> He's a uni lecturer in archaeology. Mm. His class is full of chicks. Yeah. All frothing, all thirsting <laughs> hard. They were. For Dr. Jones. Mm. Uh, and in his spare time he goes chasing relics and there's this relic that uh, the US government want to get their hands on before the... Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. Jonah. <laughs> before they get their hands on it so they know that this guy's got some skills. So they go, go for it, champ, and they send him over. So he goes to see his old lecturer's daughter because she's got the amulet 
Don't worry about what that is. They've explained it already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes to Nepal, teams up with her, goes to the desert, digs up the thing. Oh, sorry, I didn't mention it was the Ark of the Covenant. It's yeah. where Moses kept the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And it's a telephone to God. No telephone way. to God, apparently. Yeah, somewhere like that. Bring, bring. Hello? <laughs> Jesus, is your dad there? <laughs> so... <laughs> They go down some holes. He doesn't like snakes. There's heaps of them. A lot of snakes. 3,000 real seven. snakes. Seven. Seven. It was 7,000. Yeah, yeah. Seven. They got 2,000. It wasn't enough. Four <laughs> snakes. They had some length of hose too. And then, did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. 7,000 snakes. Yeah. Uh, they get the covenant there. Then the Nazis. Yeah. The Nazis take it back. Yeah. And the girl. They take the girl. No. I thought she was dead. She wasn't. Uh, and then, you know, some other things happen. It's a good adventure the whole time. It's non-stop. And then it turns into a horror film. Yeah. For a minute or two and then it's the end of the movie. It's also a love story. It's a love story between Indy and Karen. Mm. Miriam. 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 Mm. Karen. Played by Karen. Karen. Mm. Karen Allen. Mm. Well, it is interesting because... I I couldn't really well because I had them all jumbled up in my head. So my rewatch, I'm getting into my rewatch now. I yes, I I was all over the shop. Most of it was all familiar, but in terms of putting the pieces together, of oh wait, this oh that's not in this one. Yeah, uh, okay. I was the whole time I'm waiting for the end for them to drink from the little cuppy cups. Oh, wow, so you haven't yeah, and I knew his face melted, but I kept thinking he's going to drink from a cup and then his face melts. And then his face melts. You chose poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had them all jumbled up and basically the whole third act I I can barely remember. So it was like all new to me. Well, Melty Face and Chose Poorly, man, are similar, similar characters. Similar vibe, right? Yeah. yeah. Blonde, blonde. And he just he SS actually guys. ages a lot or something, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I realised right. the first half was really familiar, like I was saying. And then I think uh, I can only put it down to maybe as a kid, maybe I just didn't stick with it or I was falling asleep or yeah. something. Like Interesting. It's on, yeah, because it was. I don't remember. I literally don't remember the, them opening the Ark of the Covenant, the ghost coming out, and all that stuff. Don't remember. Maybe it. your parents turned it off. Maybe it's kind of well. That was the other thing too. The other thing that was quite shocking to me in the rewatch was like, fuck, I didn't realize how kind of graphic some of the goriness is. Yeah, it's only PG. It's but like all the dead bodies and skeletons and the. Things with the traps and the and the melting face. For the fuck's melting sake. face. How can that be PG? Carol likened it to Dust Till Dawn. He said, "Yeah, well, that really changed at the end." Oh, really? Just the way it sort of snapped into. But I go. But then I was like, "Well, but you haven't really been watching." Yeah, that's true. Well, with the goriness, I meant even in the opening, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what was funny in the opening. Yeah. Like those tribesmen. Yeah. Man, they must be vegetarians because if they've got to hunt, they were pretty bad at using their weapons. They I was, bows I was thinking were going that. Everywhere. I was just rewatching that scene too, and he's just in the water there. It's just there. That's they're right there. It's a, he's floating. Yeah, take him take down. Take him. <laughs> take him down. Because he's moving slower than a wild boar. And I'm surprised. Where's zebra? Like, where, where are we? The Amazon here? Oh yeah, no zebra. Where's the? Well, I'm just thinking in terms of what's in the water. Anacondas. God damn it, you can't just... If I can kill you in a thousand ways. If I can kill <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that would be great if you just in the back you had John Voight on a little raft. 
Pretty bird. <laughs> Babe, was he a baby bird? <laughs> baby bird. Oh, man. But I think also I never really paid attention to the plot as a kid. So it was interesting watching it and actually following what the sequence of things happening were and why. I did always, when I was a kid, get more confused with this one and maybe that's why I didn't like it as much as I yeah. like Temple of Doom because Temple of Doom is goes in there, gets the rocks, guys trying to rip out his heart. Yeah, I remember that. So, so this one's a bit. This one's a bit more complex. Like, but if you asked me a week ago before I watched it, and you say, "What's in this one?" I, I don't know, but Indiana Jones to me, there's the face melt, there's the heart coming out, there's the drink from the cup, there's the <laughs> there's the river phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And they could. I don't know which ones in which movie. Oh, really? There's I the monkey brains. Oh, yeah. I can. I, I definitely. Know I don't which. know which ones in which. I mean, I know that at least the opening of. Of the Last Crusade is a bit more distinct in my head with River Phoenix. Yeah, and I can kind of tell that more that's distinct not the than other this ones. opening. Well, it's distinct, but I don't know which movie it belongs to. Like, it's you just watched it. <laughs> I know now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they got it from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Ooh, la, la. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the coin jar. Booga, booga. <laughs> so good. We'll get to that. It certainly passes that test with flying colors. But that the opening scene is. This, so this is up there. We, this has become a new time. passion of mine. It, it, it started when we did GoldenEye way back in the day. Oh, yep. How the opening of GoldenEye is almost the perfect James Bond short film. Short film, yeah. It stands on yeah. its own. Uh, if you don't know what James Bond is, except for maybe chicks, doesn't have the chicks part, but if you don't know anything about James Bond and you say, what's James Bond? You just show that clip and you go, oh, it's, okay, I get it. I get yeah, what this yeah. character is. I get the thing. Same goes with this opening. Same goes with Men at Work. No. <laughs> no, but there were a couple of other ones that I'm forgetting now. But it's my favourite thing to look out for now. And I oh, I kind of like almost want to do Best a, a mini film festival of all the, just oh, the just openings. Because yeah. they go for like, you know, five to eight minutes or whatever. They're, they're decent chunks. And they, some of them are so, they work so well. They stand on their own as a beautiful piece of cinema. Would you call it Trop Fest? They don't do Trop Fest anymore, I think. It's a shame. It is a shame. That was a great night out. It was the biggest short film festival in the world. I enjoyed it. What's yeah. his name? The Aussie Brian John Paulson. John Paulson. <laughs> his name was Brian. Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Robert Paulson. Robert Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot all about. Like I said, I remember all the action stuff, but I forgot all about the classroom. <laughs> and as a kid, I never noticed that all the. Chicks in the class yeah. had a mad crush on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great. The chick wrote, "I love you" on her yeah, eyelids. That's so good. Uh, and yeah. can you blame him? I can't. No, no. He's outrageously good looking. I mean, that would have worked for Tom Selleck as well. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, he's like Tom Selleck's little brother. He's not the blueprint. It's a different thing. Yeah, but he's a dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking off into the distance. You're, you're lost. <laughs> Oh, and I think overall, like, I really just dug the aesthetic. I guess it's the, the B-moviness of it, but also the fact that it's in 81. Man, 81's getting on. Like, yeah. it's nearly, it's nearly 40, 40 years. years. I believe it's 39 years. And I believe Harrison Ford was 39 when he made it. Was he? I think so. There's still time. Exactly. <laughs> There's still time. I think it was, he was 35 when he made Star Wars. So there was, there was almost still time. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. He looked pretty young though. 
He did. And he does. Well, in this. He's got an earring now. <laughs> right? <laughs> quirky old man. I can't wait to be a quirky old man. Yeah. 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 It'll be like a homecoming. Yeah. And um, so the aesthetic, the special effects, um, the melty face and such, it all, even even the stuff that's aged, it just adds to the vibe, man. It's, it adds to the B-moviness of it all. Melty face being a highlight. Mm-hmm. Yep. The uh the only the only part of this a certain look this movie that probably doesn't hold up is the brown face, the yellow face, that kind of stuff. Like there's a straight up yellow face they've put stuff on his eyes. Yeah. That's oof. Yeah, it's yeah. it's worse yeah. it's worse in Doom. Is it? Yeah. Uh, cuz that's set in Asia. Yeah, India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a guy in this oh, no. who's in Temple of Doom as well. Oh. I think he's actually in Last Crusade as well. Um, as different characters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Whoa. you know, the big fella that he fights next to the plane? Oh, yeah. The big Nazi oh, that yeah. walks out and takes his hat off. The giant yeah. guy, that, oh, it's fighting time. Oh, I like a fight. <laughs> that guy, um, he's a fella by the name of Pat Roach. Yeah. He's a British actor come wrestler. Big Shit. dude, like 6'5". Mm. Um, so he's in Temple of Doom and he's he plays like the – so Temple of Doom – there's like this underground child uh, child labour mine oh, mining yeah, for yeah, yeah. diamonds or whatever. Fuck, I diamonds. And they've got like a, you know, like an overseer slave driver guy. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. this guy. I remember it now. It's the same yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same guy and yeah. so they put him in a like makeup and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's in Last Crusade as well. I can't remember what. I think he's back to being a Nazi in that. <laughs> Fair enough. Back yeah. to the homeland. Um, oh, he's actually also, he's the big guy in the bar in Nepal. What? You know in Nepal yeah. when, they're, when they're having the fight in the bar and there's the big guy that gets. Shot in the face? Yeah. Oh, so that was him with the makeup in there? That's him. Oh. It's him. That's who you're talking about? In the about? same movie? Yeah. Oh, it's my him. God. It's the same guy. Oh, hey. Pat. His name is Pat. So maybe he is. So he's like the Eddie Murphy of, uh, of Henchman. He's, he's playing multiple characters. He is. He was the doing clumps. it way before. He's going to make a spin-off of all his henchman characters a la Clumps. Can we just take a moment to <laughs> appreciate that? Yeah, or wow. not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's all times, right? It's all, it's, time. It and I style guess the time. And this was a throwback to a style of an even previous, more previous times. Maybe they didn't really get why that's not a great idea to just maybe replicate that like we need more. We've got you're a big guy. We need a big guy. Fish makeup, makeup, makeup. <laughs> oh, I was thinking. So this is a this is a B movie, right? I was like, I don't know what the definition of a B movie is. I get that there's kind of a vibe. Yeah, I don't know. But it was apparently it's a bit like a B side on a single. So when they'll do a double feature, there would be a B movie that was like the cheaply made. Yeah, but why is this a B movie? Well, the, well, the, what inspired them were the B movies. Oh, sorry, yeah. And so they were like, I want to make a, I want to make it, but still make. I want to make a B and a. Yeah, well, it's it's a bit like um, Grindhouse. Well, that's the thing. That's actually what I was getting to. So you got these two powerhouse directors, George Lucas, Rodriguez, <laughs> or hey, you got George Lucas and Spielberg coming together to make a, a, a B movie, a pretty Grindhousey looking thing. It's the, probably not Grindhouse; it's another terminology. They're serial thing, Thorough. but their their version of that. 20, 30 years later, you you got two big time directors rapidly ascending in Hollywood, Hollywood. Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. They make their version, which is Grindhouse. Uh, it doesn't doesn't yield the same results. Why? Why do you think that is? Kurt Russell. 
He's great. He's great. That movie, I preferred Planet Terror to I get them um, confused. Death Proof. I need to watch them again. Yeah. I, 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 I'm up for a rewatch of those. But, yeah, I think that's kind of cool is because it's gone so mainstream, you forget that it even is that. I never thought of it as this. But when they point it out, it's like, oh, of course it is. Yeah, I guess I can see that now that it's. Now I can see that it's that. It's got that kind of vibe to it. But growing up, you don't think of it that way. And I wonder how not. many people really even read it that way. Oh, which, Margaret and David would have known. Oh, they would know. The great e- oh. EBE, EBE would have known. EBE would have known. But I mean, the, the your average Joe Six Pack. Oh, no, your average Joe, Joe Smith or Joe Jones would not yeah. have known. Yeah, I certainly didn't. And I think this, this starts to translate into the reception of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Keep going. Because Go I, I was listening to um, Blank, Blank Check with Griffin and David on, oh, yeah. on that very film and they quite liked it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I've never, I actually haven't seen it. I elected not to watch yeah, it. Yeah, because I just I heard it's a stinker. I didn't want to ruin the. But the way they talked the, about it and the, the rationale they gave, which makes it sound interesting to me, again, it's like the. The, the framing. That, that, that added context actually changes the way you might look at it is okay, so the first three Indiana Joneses were set in the 40s? Yeah, 30s. Something 40s. like that. And this part four was set X number of years later. And so while the, the first Indiana Joneses were based on the serials of the 40s, they were like, well, if this is 10 years later, we should base it on the serials of the 50s, which were a lot more to do with aliens and sci-fi-esque. Oh. So that the reason they, they landed on this idea of aliens was like they were following the same kind of formula of like let's riff on the serials of the time in which this was set, which is a clever idea. But I don't know that any anyone pretty, watching it would think of it that way. Have so you heard of things con- being too clever? Yeah, kinda, kinda. And maybe they didn't go all in enough. I don't know. And I haven't seen it, so I can't really judge. But maybe it makes the execution me execution stinks. It makes me interested, though. Well, more than I was a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not in a hurry to watch it. I probably would now. I think when I was watching this back, I was like, I could just watch it. I've detached enough now. At the time, I was like, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I just, no, who cares? Who cares? That's the thing with the Star Wars stuff too. I, I'm going to get into that right now. Do it. We're, we're both not Star Wars people, yet we are Indiana Jones people. Came from the same – they were born from the same almost moment. Why do you think we love one and not the other? One set in space. Yeah. Is that all it is? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like space. Uh, I'm okay <laughs> with space. Yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> I like the Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. See, but I feel like on paper I should love Star Wars. I and like I, Star Wars. I've got to, yeah, I've got to respect, respect it. it. Yeah. I've, you have to respect I it. I respect Star Wars and I will watch it with some level of appreciation. But I'm not, I don't, I'm not like, I haven't watched the latest one and I don't really care to. It's probably too akin to a musical for me to really love it. It's just a bit. Really? Yeah, it's just a bit. But you like a space opera, like Fifth Element. Yeah, it's an opera, not a musical. You like Guardians of the Galaxy? I feel like that's one of your favourite Marvel pictures, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, or Thor, which is not far off. I don't mind Thor. Yeah, the newer one, which again is a bit space opera. Yeah, it's because it's got the Kiwi guy. Yeah, yeah. I just like the I just like the Maori guy. Oh, I was going to start a coup, but I didn't make enough pamphlets. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that this the, that these two share. There's a lot of overlap in these origin stories of these two things. It's from the brain of the same guy. Yeah. Often with a movie, you go, oh, "It's written by that guy." We just mentioned Charlie Kaufman before. When I realized he wrote adaptation, I'm like, "Well, show me all the Charlie Kaufman movies," or, or you know, being John Malkovich or whatever. I'm like, uh-huh. "I want to see all the Charlie Kaufman movies now." I don't get. <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's interesting that there's no. It's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just I, keep I can't saying quite put it's my finger on it. <laughs> it's because you don't, you're not 100 percent clear why. I don't know what it is. Yeah, is there something to do with the execution? Like, it's something about the drama in Star Wars that's that it's is so like poppery. a. Da, da, da. It's got more humor, maybe. Maybe it's the humor. It's a bit more. It's a bit more real. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of obvious because it's not space, but I don't know the characters. Something in the character for sure. Mm. But some people, there's plenty of people that don't feel this way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I don't, it doesn't get me moist. No, it certainly does not. Although, having said that, Greg, Princess Leia, <laughs> Leia, I barely know her. Thanks, Greg. Uh, having said that, now there are there's a few little uh, Easter eggies in there that suggest this may be a connected universe with Star Wars. Keep going. We have the hieroglyphics of a C-3PO and an R2-D2. Did you pick that one up? I did through my studies. Yeah, I didn't see another thing. <laughs> I didn't see it in the movie, no, fuck no. Which is a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. But it got me thinking. Mm-hmm. E.T. is also in Star Wars. Is he? Yeah, in one of those big council things, there's a little E.T. in the mix of crowd of aliens. Does that mean? Well, it's all one bloody universe. True story. It's based on a true story. i kind of, I got to believe that. Now, when I thought about this, I was like, oh, there's got to be fan theories out there. And then I Googled it and uh, I don't want to read fan theories. <laughs> <laughs> I read one. Wait, I did read one that was kind of interesting. That There was one theory that, because you know Han Solo in one of them he gets frozen in the yep. carbonite, whatever. By um, Jabba the Hutt. Um, and they say that Indiana Jones was his fever dream while he was in that. And there's a few little Easter eggy things that maybe point to that, but it's a stretch. It's all a dream, you know. It's basically that, right? But, but but I discovered another little Easter egg that I thought was quite interesting. Well, not really an Easter egg; it's a fact. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> Star Wars shot in Tunisia. Yeah. Indiana Jones shot in Tunisia. Yeah. Star Wars, the part they shot in Tunisia, I believe, was was young Luke Skywalker on his home planet of Tatooine. Tatooine is a place in Tunisia in real life, spelt a bit different. Uh. This was shot in Tunisia too. <laughs> I don't know how I'm closing the loop on this. But what I'm getting at is I have a theory of how all these may be connected. So Star Wars uh, in a far, far away, long, long ago. Gal- <laughs> in a galaxy. I'm a big fan of Star Wars. A, a long time ago far, far in a galaxy far, far away. Far, far all these away. People, they actually look just like us, funnily enough, most of them except for Jojo Bonks. Mm-hmm. They were quite humanoid he came in appearance. In earlier, later, but earlier. Yeah, <laughs> later, but earlier. But this is in the past. That was in the past. Yeah. Now, I put it to you. Now, people have said this before. Egypt, aliens, man. Oh. Aliens. Pyramids. They built the pyramids. What Try if, and tell me earthlings made pyramids. Exactly. I put it to you that aliens did. These aliens that look like humans from the Star Wars universes came down to Egypt, built some pyramids, 
left some clues that they were there with the R two D twos and then yeah. the C three POs and the uh-huh. thing. And 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 there you have it. That's what brought civilization, human civilization, to Earth after the dinosaurs. That we are actually the Aliens. the living race that carried on from Star Wars. Uh, and and this we're seeing clues of that in this film that's set in the forties. Years later. In a little film called ET, one of the aliens of that race we saw in Star Wars, which we can only call ETs, I suppose, for lack of a better phrase, came to check on the seed they planted uh-huh. and got a little lost and met a cute little boy and had Reese's Pieces. And that's that's all. Drunk, <laughs> drunk a Pepsi. So it's less of a theory and more of just like Fact. <laughs> just clutching at straws, I suppose. I'm sure there's theories out there that are better versions of that. I don't know how that could be possible. That's <laughs> Flawless. But it's interesting. Everybody in this room is now dumber. Yeah. I didn't know that. Lucky. No, I enjoyed lucky that. Lucky Seymour left the room. You, <laughs> you can't afford to get any dumber. Um, should we talk a little bit about Harrison Ford? It's our first Harrison Ford movie. Ah. It won't be our last though, so we're not going to cover all things Harrison Ford. But but considering it was quite early in his career, yeah, I thought it would be nice to cover his origin story to a degree. Cover his tracks. Yeah. I think we've all heard... The urban legends around this man, that he so, was a carpenter yeah, and all that kind of shit. Yeah, that's what I know. Yeah. There's a little more to it than that I've discovered. And maybe maybe this is well known, I'm not sure. Well, not to me. <laughs> not to me either. So no well, one's the, listening. The, the carpentry part is true, but prior to that, he moved he moved to LA, auditioned for voiceover work. Oh, didn't, yeah? Didn't get it. He's got a good voice. Didn't get it. He's got a better face. <laughs> 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 He signed on as a as a featured player, or I don't know the terminology. Extra. Yeah, at Columbia. So this was a thing where they just had a group of actors. Actually, it sounds similar to what John Woo did in Hong Kong, where you're just there and you're just part of the machine, and you get paid 150 bucks a week, and they'll throw you into some movies like in the background yeah, and stuff. Okay. Maybe you get a line or whatever, um, which is pretty weird. I'd never heard of it before, but he actually talks about it on a on Letterman promoting this very movie back in 82, I think, so maybe he's reflecting on this movie. Let me um, ask you a question about what it's like to be a contract player for a, a movie studio. Uh, you did that, huh? Yeah, it's an adventure from another world. It was, uh, <laughs> it was 1965 so and, and they were doing, uh, the, and they were trying to build stars. I don't mm-hmm. think you can do that. So yeah. you, you go out to Hollywood and somehow they hire you on? Drunk. I went to be an actor and uh, uh, I did a room back then, couple eh? plays before that, but I basically had no preparation whatsoever. I didn't even know what the names of the major motion picture studios were. Mm-hmm. And then about a year and a half later, I was uh, under contract. Mm-hmm. And, and now you own a couple, I would guess. What? <laughs> is that is that is there good money in being a contract player? And and what are the what do you got to do to? Oh to yeah, it? not just money, but the respect. That's... <laughs> $150 a week. Yeah. When they told me $150 a week, I thought, and I said, yeah, I can afford that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so happy to be called an actor yeah. that I would have done it for less. So anything, anything then that they're doing, you have to show up and be in, right? That was the idea. Yeah. Any yeah. memorable appearances coming to mind? Here? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, and now we're, uh, I guess this is when you decided to leave things for a while and you were a carpenter. No, I lasted a year and a half out of a seven-year contract and uh, almost uh, immediately made the same mistake at, at Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lasted a year and a half there. And then I freelanced for a while. That's when I became a, a carpenter. Yeah. What a weird time. You just uh, you just sign on as a 
featured actor or whatever. They do what it they want with you. But yeah. Selling your soul. It's like Julia Roberts giving herself up for a week for a fraction of her hourly rate. <laughs> exactly. Prorated out. But yeah, that was 82, so he was already loaded by that point. But before that happened, because so he got out of that and he, he was in um, American Graffiti, another um, George Lucas film. Mm. Oh, yeah. So that was his breakout role essentially. But I, I haven't seen that and I don't think it was a lead role. Um, but through that he met Francis Ford Coppola who hired him as a carpenter to work in his office but then also put him in small roles Yeah, right. in the conversation in Apocalypse Now, which I looked up but I couldn't find anything. Must be just background stuff. <laughs> but then obviously fucking Star Wars. So I didn't get how stacked this was. Star Wars, the first one, 1977. This was 1981. Blade Runner was 82. And those three movies alone wow. had got to put him up there as like, Legend. There were, those are three. Just those three movies are like three of the most influential movies of all time. And right? the characters that he yeah. is in those films are yeah. pretty all time as equally as the films. And they're also influential in different ways because even like Blade Runner wasn't a box office hit at the time but it's like that whole dystopian future, uh-huh. like that is they've done. Like that's, they hit the sweet spot. That's just the thing. Every movie's copied that. Every All of them. All of them. Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants, copied it. Um, yeah, yeah, Sisterhood. But oh, oh yeah, the Yaya yeah, Sisterhood, the Banger Sisters, all the hits. Um, <laughs> it's um, Susan Sarandon and uh, Goldie Hawn. Is it? I've got a, a list of names of dumb movies. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, but all I was thinking, sister in I've him. been watching all these dumb clips of Harrison Ford being interviewed, and as he as he gets older and cares even less than he did there. He just gets funnier and funnier. He does this thing where he keeps going on Letterman and telling dumb jokes, like stupid, stupid jokes. Should I play? I'll play one. Should I play one? Give us one. Okay, I'll play one. So there are these uh, two cannibals uh, from different villages. They met on the path one day. And one cannibal said to the other cannibal, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. Mumbles. I'm okay, but I, I... he said, what's the matter? He says, I, I, in my stomach, I haven't been feeling so good lately. He says, well, um, what have you been eating? He says, oh, <laughs> you know, the, the usual, um, missionaries mostly. <laughs> he said, well, wait, he says, wait a second. Well, how, 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 how are you, uh, how you prepare? How do you cook them? He says, well, you know, the regular way. We, we, we get a big pot of, of water in the middle of the village, a big fire underneath, a couple bay leaves. We, <laughs> we, we get it boiling, and then we throw them in. And, uh, bay leaves is a nice an touch. Maybe an hour, hour and a half. And, uh, sure. Little embellishments. He says, Wait a second. Picking. He says, um, mm. what do they look like? He says, well, you know, the, the little... Fringe of hair, and the, the, we got those brown uh, uh, robes and the, and the sandals. <laughs> You're cooking them wrong. <laughs> he said, What do you mean? We're cooking them wrong. He said, Them are fryers. <laughs> <laughs> They're all that bad. They're all like really long. Yeah, and, and then a shitty bunch of <laughs> There was one he told, it's too long for the, it goes for like six minutes 
and the end of the joke has nothing to do with the, <laughs> the first five minutes. <laughs> He's just telling a story. He just tells an irreverent story. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I was thinking in watching all these earlier this afternoon, I was like there's also a bit of a Leslie Nielsen-esque energy there. Yeah. Like he could do Naked Gun if he wanted to. He could do that. Play it straight. He's got the voice too. Mm, he definitely can, got the voice. It's interesting because uh, we, we just said those three movies all within five five years. That's pretty massive. And then he went on to do still other some other good movies but nothing of that. Yeah. I would have liked to maybe see some reinvention along those lines. That could have been fun. He married Callista Flockhart. Yeah. Are they still a couple? I believe so. She dug the earring. <laughs> oh, hey, we've got to talk about, um, I think it's, we just have to, for, for a movie that we, that we obviously both quite like, uh, quite fond of, we do have to point out some icky bits. And there's a bit of icky in here. Yeah. With uh, Indiana Jones and Mariam. Yeah. So this scene. I glazed over it the first couple of times, but like I said, I watched the first half of this about six months ago and it, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And then this time I, was, just a I child. was like, wait, what? Yeah, and I think the first time I'm like, oh, it's just a child figuratively. Wasn't it? Figuratively? Well, well, I'll play the clip and then let's break it down. Indiana Jones. <sighs> Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. So what are you doing here in Nepal? I need one of the pieces your father collected. I learned to hate you in the last ten years. I never meant to hurt you. I was a child. I was in love. It was wrong and you knew it. You knew what you were doing. Now I do. This is my place. Get out. Mohan. Demigru. Bolianu. I did what I did. You don't have to be happy about it, but maybe we can help each other out now. I need one of the pieces your father collected. Bronze piece about this size with a hole in it off center with a crystal. Yeah, so there's a few things in there. And I think, yeah, you could look at it and go, oh, I was a child. But she just meant she was young. But then there's, she's like, I, I learned to hate you. You hear that with like victims? Yeah. And um, oh, what was the other bit there that was? Ten years. Ten years. And so th- there is. Math on this. So she is, according to the script, she's 25 in this. Do we hear that? It's in the script. I don't know if it's in dialogue. It's canon that she's 25. Okay. And he's 37. So 10 years ago, he was 27, she was 15. Nice. <laughs> Not nice. Not nice. No, <laughs> no, I can't. It's creepy. It's weird. And, uh. and it's funny that, they, like I said, um, the old... Um, the, the idea of having Roman Polanski in this movie too. Yeah. It's like, I love this movie. <laughs> uh, it was written for me. Man, and on that specifically, I think I mentioned before that they, apparently in the, in the, in the writing of this movie, before the script was <laughs> nailed, the, this, this trio of uh, Lucas, Spielberg and the writer, I think it was Kasdan, they'd have these brainstorms and um, they taped them all. Yeah, and the transcripts have gone out, so you can read the whole brainstorm. And most of it's pretty cool. It's exciting. It's interesting to hear how they yes talk ending. about this stuff. All yes ending, and they're just riffing. They're like, and more backstory stuff even. And she thought this, and and she always wondered this, and and they just say it. Yeah, and she and, it, and it's yes she ending. She was a child. It's, yeah, basically. So the part <laughs> that's an excerpt from this transcript. So Kasdan says, 
in relation to this scene specifically, I like if they already had a relationship at one point because then you don't have to build it. George Lucas says, I was thinking that this old guy could have been his mentor. So maybe Indiana Jones had a mentor. Yeah. Um, and he could have had this little girl when she was just a kid and he had an affair with her when she was 11. <laughs> okay. Kasdan says, and he was 42. Uh, settle down there, Spilly. Lucas says he hasn't seen her in 12 years. Now she's 22. It's a real strange relationship. Spiel- Spielberg said she better be older than 22. <laughs> um, Lucas says he's 35 and he knew her 10 years ago when she was when he was 25 and she was only 12. Lucas says it would be amusing to to make her slightly young at the time. Spielberg and promiscuous. She came on to him. Lucas says 15 is is right on the edge. I know it's an outrageous idea, but it's interesting. Once she's 16 or 17, it's not interesting anymore. But if she was 15 and he was 25 and they actually had an affair the last time they met and she was madly in love with him. Were these guys on Epstein's Island when they were... Man, it is weird. Uh, 16, 17, it's past it. It's got to be 15. To be honest, like when I've heard this before, that scene, not that backstory, and I was like, yeah, I mean, you can probably, you, you you can find that in there if you're looking. But it's there. Like <laughs> it was intentional. Yeah, and this is the lighter version. Oh. Yeah, you don't want to be sixteen or seventeen. It's not interesting at yeah, all. Fifteen. <laughs> what the fuck? It's so weird. Now I get it. Find it unsettling. I, I, I run brainstorms a lot, and there's no bad ideas in the brainstorm. It's a safe space. I think pedophilia is a bad idea. Yeah, that's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Heaps weird. Heaps weird. Oh, don't dig it. Hey, should I get into some of the questions from the gram? Yeah, I threw it out there. Um, I usually I do it too late and then forget about it. This time I've remembered and did it slightly earlier. So let's see what questions we got here. We have one question from Zeki six six six. Talk about how indie impacts the outcome of the movie zero percent, but I still love it. So this is interesting. I thought about I think he has some impact because he finds the things and then the other archaeologist steals his. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, I think he does have impact, Zeke 666, but I, I agree there's some minimal impact final, there. In yeah. the final thing he's just kind of around. Yeah, he's just smart <laughs> enough to close his eyes. But I think this is also a Harrison Ford thing because I have heard that said about Blade Runner as well. Just Maybe there. he's just that lazy as an actor. He's like, you just write my character so he doesn't have to do this. <laughs> too much. But, but he does a lot. It's just around the plot. Would you know, in that last scene um, when they when he tells Marion to close her eyes when the rope yeah, yeah. tied up to the stake and they close their eyes and they don't get the wrath of God or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, apparently there was a taken out scene when they were showing the amulet to the, or one of the little fortune teller type guys. Oh, uh, yeah. He was like, everyone that cast its eyes on the ark when uh, it is open shall fire. And so that's how he knew. Which is right, because it's in the Bible apparently. Ah. Well, Ezekiel? There's, there's a story in the Bible of someone looking into it and going badly. Right. Uh, another question from M.W. Miller. I believe that's Mike Miller. Um, what kind of indie level sorcery can we do to forget Indiana Jones 4 and the Crystal Skull? <laughs> exists. I think I've thrown in a decent half defense in that 
Well, not really because I haven't watched it, so I, don't, I can't really defend it. You can't defend it. But there's an interesting angle that might justify some of the decisions made. I don't know why Shia LaBeouf Time heals it. all wounds. Yeah. I've got a well, – this is a mind-blowing question from N. Scott 8. Is it any good? I've never watched it. That's, yes. That's an easy one to answer. The answer is – Ben Doyle wants to know why it's taken us so long to do this movie. Well, we've covered this, I think, our day jobs. Movies like this take a lot of fucking prep. May Believe not, it or not. May not sound like it. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, should I? You shouldn't. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's a lot to absorb and try and do justice. Everyone's covered these movies. You want to try and find fresh angles. There's so much to talk about. There's so much that's already been talked about. The the famous scene, for instance, where it looks like Indy's about to fight the swordsman but he shoots him instead. There's lots of stories like that where, oh, I heard he was supposed to actually fight him but then he was sick on the day it's so they just shot him. And that's true. But we can't just list all those things because they've been covered. We're, we're uh, not just going to go through the checklist of all the things and the, all the stuff. Um, we're just going to cover the pizza gate. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. So, in answer to your question, it's it's a daunting one to cover. Yeah. Another a question from Serbear, Serbear, Sarbear. Well, people have Instagram names, and I don't know how to read them. Well, you don't um, know how to read normal way. names, so right. why would you well, be able I was to trying read? to say that I have an excuse this time. Ah. She wants to know: Did Harrison have training for the whip? He did actually. <laughs> he did, and I got a little clip on that. Well, I don't need to play the clip. He just it's been the clip of him and saying, "I had training for the whip." <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. It did, yeah. So he had to learn how to do all that shit. Um, Jay Desmond Miller, he says, hey, "Deep dive into the sets and locations and everything." We didn't do much about sets. Tunisia. We did talk about Tunisia. It I mean, Tunisia. the sets were epic, and then the sets were epic. And Karen Allen, when she was interviewed, she said she was bang up for this movie and doing the whole experience was very different to anything she'd done before because she'd done uh, on location uh, films, that, right? You know, Idaho, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but this one obviously had Tunisia, very exotic, and the and the and sets the stages, yeah. were quite old time Hollywood. Because back in the day in Hollywood they would build these elaborate sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they did for this film. Yeah. Um, so she said in that in that respect it was it was pretty old worldly. Can't imagine there's too many green screens in there either. It's Minimal. This sweet spot of still sets and maybe not out all on location all the time, but it's actually real things. Just a big fiberglass rolling ball. Yeah. Ah. Uh, did you notice Doctor Octagon's in this? Doctor Octopus. Doctor Octagon. From uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Octopus. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was the first, that was my first note. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's Dr. Doctor, it's Doctor Octopus. It is Dr. Octopus. Yeah, with some brown makeup on. Alfred Molina. Yeah. I guess he would have been a nobody at this point. You have to have been. Yeah, he must have been pretty young. Kind of looks exactly the same. He does. He's he aged species well. as well. Is he? Makes her pregnant. Oh, I've watched that scene a few times. Uh, Natasha. Henstridge. Natasha Henstridge. Poignant. We should do species. Yeah. <laughs> was this a big movie for you? <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> oh, there was a few minutes in it that were very big. <laughs> um, why don't I touch on the legacy real quick before we get into the voidict? I think it's an interesting one for a few reasons. Yeah. Keep going. First, video games. I feel like... I mean, obviously there's influence in cinema when you look at things like all the movies we just said, Guardians of the Galaxy and that kind of shit. There's Indiana Jones-esque-ness to Uh them. 
even the mummy and um, yeah, um, mummy too. National treasure to a degree. National treasure too. <laughs> all, all the twos. None of the museum. Um, but video games in particular, Tomb Raider, Uncharted. Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2. And then they're making an Uncharted movie with Tom Holland. Harrison Ford. Tom Holland. Is he? That's your casting decision for is everyone. He? I wouldn't have put him. I know. I think they might be doing a younger version because I think Mark Wahlberg is the other guy. What? Or something. Yeah. I don't know. Hollywood, right? Full circle. Circle of life. Circle of Hollywood. Circle of life. life. Um, oh, I was thinking, and actually, uh, full honesty here, I thought of this before I heard the thing about him wanting to make a James Bond movie. As I was watching it and I was thinking about people not liking Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yada, 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 I was thinking it is a bit like a James Bond movie in that I know they technically sort of connect but they don't really connect that much, mm. right? It's not like there's some overarching narrative. It's not the Marvel Universe. Like there's... Well, in, um, Temple of Doom is a prequel. Yeah, but does it really matter? No, I think he just wanted, didn't want to have the Nazis written in as yeah, the bad guys. Yeah, again. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought why don't they just they, – they could have done something similar to James Bond where every few films they just cast a new – it's just an ongoing version and, and different directors have a crack at making a different yeah, version. Yeah. I'm not saying I want that necessarily but I just think that could be interesting because then, then you could have Tom Selleck doing it. There's still time. Then you could have Chris Pratt doing it. Chris Pratt could do it. Chris Pratt could do it, I think. Maybe even Hugh Jackman at one point, potentially. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that could be kind of fun. You could have different. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez could make one of those. Yeah, well, Robert Rodriguez, Chris Pratt, Antonio Banderas is bad guy. Oh no, Danny Trejo is bad guy. We're not doing recasties yet. Oh, sorry, I just got caught up in the moment. That's all. I know you were looking <laughs> up in the sunset. <laughs> I do think Bruce Willis too, but he could have actually been a bad guy. Like a bit GoldenEye, Agent 006 vibes. He would be the bad indie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's yeah. bald. He could be a Hitler. He could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Hitler, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, one, of his mates. one of his mates. Nancy. <laughs> Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Um, I guess we'll get into the verdict. Now this is, uh, I know there's plenty more to talk about this movie, but we're not going to do a seven-hour podcast. No. So we're talking about. The things that, that bubble to the surface for us. Yeah. That struck a chord with us uh-huh. that we haven't heard too many times over elsewhere. Um, so there you have it. Let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again. Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Man, my overall thought of this one is, yeah, great movie. And in some ways I feel like we need we need Indiana more than ever. Mm. In a world where it's you, you got you got the connected universes of Marvels on one corner. You got yeah. you got you got the over two self-serious Nolan movies in the other corner. Where's just the new fresh IP that's just fun? It's not doesn't have to be dark and gritty. Yeah. It's just a fun fucking adventure. It's still clever. It's a throwback to another time. It's all these things. It's a, it's a delight. Where's that? Where's that altitude of film? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, as they say. And it doesn't have to be the heights of bubblegum of the Marvel universe, and it doesn't have to be the pretentious depths of. <laughs> 
Photo <laughs> of wannabe intellectuals. Photo art house. And, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, making enemies here. And it's, I, I have an appreciation for Christopher Nolan. I just think he insists upon himself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a rewatch for me. I think it's a rewatch for you, judging from the sounds coming from your mouth. My mouth, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. I will rewatch this film. Absolutely. <laughs> Again. It's obviously it's a national treasure. Yeah, an international treasure. An international treasure. It's yeah. ours too. It He's is. ours too. He is. Why not? Get into some of our little cultural relevancy tests and we've got some juicy ones here, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. Did Simpsons do it? Goddamn right they did. The best, the best of the ones we've covered, but probably one of the greatest Simpsons references of all time. It's it's no dialogue, so we won't play it here, but we'll put it on the Insta. It's obviously the opening of one of the episodes where he steals, Bart steals Homer's jar of pennies with the little, even does the face does wipey the face thing. Rub in the sunlight. Oh, it's perfect. In. I face know rub. why I'm explaining to it. You all know it. It's great. And face they've rub. done it, it's and it's great. It's perfect. And at the end, the ooga booga booga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slides out, grabs his hat. <laughs> Although the hat grab is actually uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, because I was expecting that in this. Yeah, yeah he gets the whip. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a yes. Good. I'm sure there's probably others. Porn, porn parody? We've got a new angle on porn parody here. In di- gay porn. Is it? Raiders of the Lost Ass. Is it? Yeah, and it was three guys on the cover. Raiding one ass or three, well, I don't know, three guys? Cover. I didn't watch the movie. Oh, cool. <laughs> I didn't have to, it's only so many hours in a day. <laughs> I got the gist. Um, I saw the cover. Of Raiders it. of the Lost Ass. But what about in Diana Jones? And there's another Temple of Poon. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the next one. But I thought she might have had her ass rated as well. Oh, yeah, could have I been. I thought it was going to be a series of Diana she Jones. a franchise. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Could be wrong. Bechdel test? Certainly not. If anything, it's the opposite. It's the we well, about. I mean, oh, she, yeah. she for the time. Actually, good point. She was pretty badass. She was pretty badass. Yeah. At one point, Carol was like, oh, she's screaming. I'm like. So I'm like, yeah, but she's she just beat up that dude or she's whatever. Down yeah. a dark hole in the middle of the desert with snakes everywhere, and there's it's a crypt as well. Yeah, I think she's got. I'd scream. She could scream. Yeah, I'd probably wee a little. Yeah, that would only make them angrier. <laughs> they got the taste for wee so now. <laughs> they're gonna go up my pee pee hole. <laughs> the, um, yeah, she's a badass. She drink un. And drinks that yeah. um, big dude, Mountain Man, under the table. Oh, that's a I classic I thought that movie was a trip. lady when I first. I thought it was too. When <laughs> I was a kid. Weird, like a lunch lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a weird drinking lunch lady with a little goatee. The, <laughs> <laughs> that's one um, little movie trope that always drives me nuts is when people sober up when it's convenient for the movie. Uh, people yeah. get so drunk. Indiana does it too when she thinks she's dead. Yeah. They're getting wasted. And then, it's just, and then it's like, oh, well, I've got to do something now, so I'll be sober. I've got to operate heavy machinery. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I do. i got to drive now. I'm good. <laughs> Greg's had one beer. It's okay. Concerned listeners, concerned friends of the show. Um, FX test. Big yes. Absolutely. Yes. Melty face. We didn't really dive into it here. There's some great behind-the-scenes action on that. You may have seen, you may not have seen. We'll put it on Instagram. Here's gelatin, different layers of gelatin. And Incredible. like heat fans and then speed it up and it's pretty fucking cool. All practical, of course. Explosions. Yeah, there's all kinds of explosions. Maybe too many. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. <laughs> it's, it's really loud in parts. <laughs> this is one of those movies where I had to turn it down in parts. Oh, man, i got a kid sleeping in the next room. Oh, uh, yeah, because it's, it's old school And it guns. should be loud. It's old school guns and shit too. So it's like yeah. Bow, bow, bow. yeah, the guns were really, like really, firecrackers. really loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the punching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
There were like baseball bats hitting piles leather. of leather jackets yeah. or some shit. Um, recast these? I kind of rattled off some before, but. Yeah, they were good. That's all I really had. So who were they again? Sorry. I had Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. That would be the only one current. Yeah, I went a bit older. Oh, uh, yeah? I went Tarantino on it. Mm. And I had Leo. Oh, yeah. Um, He'd be a bad guy in this, wouldn't he? No, I had him as. Yeah, right. I had him as the good guy. Yeah. Um, repaired with Margot Robbie back as Karen Allen. Salah. You could have Margot Robbie as Indiana Jones. Oh, you're so progressive, Tristan. No, but she works because I was just thinking, I was doing a little checklist in my head. Imagine the classroom scene in that. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, Christoph Waltz as Belloc. Yeah. It kind of writes itself, doesn't yeah, it, really? Yeah. Christopher Walken as um, his old Marcus, Marcus the old lecturer guy at the beginning. Ah, uh, yeah. And Tarantino as the creepy torture Hitler guy. Tarantino as yeah, 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 doing his cameo. Yeah, nice guy with the weird bald head and the burn on the arm. That works. He'll get to use. I worked back from there to be honest. He'll write himself some racial slurs to say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, six degrees of JCVD. I've got one only because it's pretty close to one we did a couple of weeks ago, uh, The Sandlot. So Karen Allen's in this. She's the mother in The Sandlot. Also in The Sandlot is Art Lafleur, ah, who was in Death Warrant. Well done. With I had that too. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I had that too. It's a bit of a cheat, but what I are you going to do? MVP, I had to give it to Mr. Indiana Jones himself. Oh, yeah, I had Harrison Ford. Who did you have for your low key? Um, I didn't really have one. I had Sala or the creepy torture guy. Yeah. Probably creepy torture guy. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think he. I think he stuck out to me as a kid. Like I didn't really. I was really unsettled by him yeah. as a kid. Yeah, and that just kind of stuck. Uh, what are we doing next week? Oh, oh, Mars attacks. I've never seen it. I think I've seen uh, of it. I think it was poorly received at the time, but now he's looked back on fondly. Jack Nicholson. It's got everyone in it. Some, it's, it's got the president. He, someone, is he play the president? I think he plays the president and another character. Okay. It's over the top and stupid. I think it's going to go either way for you. I'm I've, interested. I've already got my plot. <laughs> like the, the I was in the plot prediction because you haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 nice. Yeah, could go with, and actually I'm, not, I'm genuinely not sure if I'm going to like it or not, but I'm very curious and it'll be a fun watch. It's not too dark, late 90s, uh, breath of fresh air. It's pretty untapped. Let's get out of here. I'm Let's tired. Let's get out of here. It's bedtime. Oh, God. Yeah, you got to get up in five hours. i got to get up. Yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, see you next week, guys. Hey, leave us a review. Leave us a review on your mum's phone. Yeah, on your dad's phone, on your wife's phone, on your kid's phone. Oi. Got him a cuddle.